Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Mark Woods. Mark was a county level swimmer as a teenager, but lost his left leg to amputation because of cancer at the age of 17. His dream became simply to become the best that he could and be. And just 18 months after he finished his chemotherapy, he was selected for GB. Mark competed internationally as a swimmer for 17 years, winning 12 Paralympic medals from five games and a further 21 from World and European Championships. In the past, he held world records for the 200, the 400, the 1500 freestyle, as well as being part of the team that held the world record for the 4x100 freestyle. Since retiring from swimming in 2004, he has worked for both the BBC and Channel 4 at Paralympics Games in Beijing, London, Rio, and most recently, Tokyo. When Mark retired from international swimming, he embarked on a series of new challenges, including trekking in Nepal, Ecuador, Peru, and developing his mountaineering skills. Today, he has climbed the world's highest volcano, Cotopaxi in Ecuador, Mont Palro, part of Massive de Saint-Écran in France, and the 22,000 feet Mera Peak in Nepal. So welcome on to the show, Mark. Cheers, James. Good to see you. That's good. Um, so I should give some context for the for the audience. Obviously, you and I know each other from years ago. We were talking about off-air of you gave a talk to me and several other swimmers way back when, when I was on the GB development program back at it, as yeah. I was about 15, 16 years old. So we were talking about 20 years ago. So, yeah, you're making me feel incredibly old because I think I probably, I was like an elder statesman coming to do a, a speech to these young kids. And now you're, you're, you know, fast approaching being 40. Makes me feel very old. Well, it, it, it's, it's, it obviously worked and it, it most of those individuals went on to perform uh, at British swimming on unfortunately for, for me obviously didn't it didn't work out for numerous reasons be injury um obviously it's one of the most cutthroat probably programs in Paralympic sport in Britain if I was honest because uh, mom likes to remind me of oh if you'd have put the same amount of effort in obviously the Paralympic sports I wanted to go to, to represent GB in the Paralympics you'd have made it in swimming it's like well I don't think it is so clear cut as that because ultimately you could be still good enough, but if you're not likely to maybe be on the cusp of having the potential to medal or to medal, you still may not go. Yeah, I think I think when you were on the swimming team, you had to be ranked almost in the top three in the world to make the team to go to a games. Pretty much, you had to you had to look like you were going to medal. And, uh, and and given the volume of athletes that we had at that time, you know, because we had quite a, a, a broad depth of team, it meant that there was a lot of competition for those places on that squad. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. I'm not I, saying it's easy now, but it was tough to get on the team then. I was, well, I think my first games, if I would have made it, would have been Athens. And that was, it was not hard to feel to, to, to swallow, but it was like, 
it still exists because ultimately there's international qualifying standard and then there's ours. So to make an international standard and then still not go, it was as I would have been 18, probably probably 18. I had the stereotypical teenage approach of I'm going to t- throw my toys out. Obviously, I couldn't do that to the program. But at home, it was like, well, on the one hand, I think I was ranked in the, the top 10 in the world. People would probably find that hard to believe and you still don't go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. It was it was very, very tough then. But I'm not sure how many places we had in Athens. I know I only made the squad by the skin of my teeth. Uh, but I think we had maybe it's usually around low 30s. Let's say we had 32 swimmers there. Every single swimmer had the chance of, of, of winning a medal and, uh, and ranked 10th in the world as amazing as that is. Um, just meant that that, that was, that was uh, a tough call that had to be made. I think, I think it made me a stronger individual because it's like, well, you, you don't want it to, okay. I, I then flourished in programs that, Okay, Rowan was fledgling in, in Beijing and uh, sitting volleyball got in because it was a we were host nation. But in terms of I had probably that subconsciously, well, I don't want this to happen again. I don't want to be on the sidelines watching yeah. in and looking inwards because ultimately from a very young age, that was my aspirations to, to, to represent my country or to compete at a higher level. So, yeah. Okay, I I I've probably reevaluated um, my goals because ultimately I wanted to win a gold medal. Because ultimately, it, well, it's not. I, I I say that's the goal, but it, it's not as easy as it's as it sounds because the progression of the movement has got harder. And obviously, you 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 know all too well in terms of going to five games. The progression of the of every classification has accelerated. Just uh, just to comment on that, I would say that my experience through the five games that I went to was uh, in swimming, times that would have got you a medal at one games, the following games only just got you into the final. And so so every, every four years, it was like, got to push on, got to push on, because what was good enough last time, you know, good enough is never good enough. Uh, and it certainly applied to... Um, to swimming, you know, just good enough, didn't cut it. So what what was the mindset switch for you? Because ultimately you you were able-bodied swim beforehand. Mm. And you, you obviously talk about in, in a documentary of you were just going through the motions. What was the 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 switch then? So there's a few different things. I mean, I was pretty much a lazy teenager, you know, enjoyed you know, chatting to with my mates at the pool more than I did training. Um, then when I got the di- cancer diagnosis, I had my leg amputated. I really didn't know what that would mean to me. You know, as a, you know, sheltered uh, teenager, I, I didn't know what being an amputee would mean. Uh, and why should I? Um, but I knew that I would still be able to swim because I could swim for my county with ease uh, and I thought, well, I had one leg, but I'm still going to be able to swim with one leg. I don't know whether I'm going to be able to run. Um, I mean, the leg technology has changed so what since since then. But but uh, so I thought, well, I'll I'll, I'll go back to swimming because I know I can do it. And then the the you know the kind of shock of of having a cancer, and not knowing whether you're going to survive, also made me think, 
I'm going to give it a good shot. I'm going to see how good I can be at this thing. And that was the main shift for me was the let's see how good I can be at this thing. If I'm going to put the time and effort to go to the pool, let's see how good I'm, I can be at it. Um, and then there was another shift further into my career where initially in my career, I was very focused on the, uh, the out, you know, trying to get the, the, the medal, you know, let's think about the medal. Uh, but it's really hard to sustain a, a regime of training just thinking about a medal. Uh, you know, you, you don't wake up at 4.30 in the morning and think, oh, it'd be really lovely to have a shiny medal, wouldn't it? Let's go swimming. So, you know, it's like that just doesn't cut it. At, but what you can wake up in the morning and think, I want to try and be as good as I can be. I want to try, I want to try and, you know, achieve my potential. Uh, and if I can get up and train this morning and this afternoon and tomorrow or week or month or year or four years, then I've got a chance of achieving my potential uh, and I can hold my head up high. And the outcome is I may well win a medal, you know, if, if things go for me. But it was much more about just achieving potential for me. That's what sustained me through the five games. Do you, do you think, uh, and I think that would have been probably amazing for me to hear just that alone, to kind of have a shift in in belief in terms of because that's what I'm talking about in terms of that was my goal throughout my 10-year career was the medal the medal the medal and ultimately I don't miss any of those kind of times in the day volleyball is only equivalent with 6 a.m but um I don't miss any of those morning swims or anything whatsoever but do you think that's what a young athlete needs to hear and they need to change their perspective on their outcome and their result. And, and this is probably relatable to the general public as well in terms of having more tangible and more mini goals within it to kind of keep you persevering, to keep showing up. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, if you're starting out in a sport, you can't start out thinking, I'm going to win a gold medal. You know, Okay, Tom Daly. I, I met Tom Daly when he was tiny. And and he would talk about going to the Olympics or winning a gold medal. I get that. It took him his whole career to do it. Um, but I'm I know for sure it didn't that wasn't what sustained him through the whole process. Um so you know, if I talk to my kids, other kids, um, I think about how my parents treated me. You know, my my dad would say, you know, do your best. You can't do better than your best. That was his big thing. You can't do better than your best. And I, okay. So what does that mean to me? It means that, okay, I, I need to try and do my best at training. And I need to try and do my best at competition. And sure, I might be disappointed if I don't win, especially as a kid. You know, kids get disappointed when they don't win. But I can very quickly hold my head up and go, I did, I tried my best. I tried my hardest. And that mindset is a much healthier place to be uh, for anybody in sport is commit to do, to being as good as you can be. And then, you know what, if you're up against a Michael Phelps or a Usain Bolt or wh whoever, and you don't win, you can still go, I gave it my best rather than think, oh, well, if only, wouldn't that, it's the worst thing to ever think. If only I had, if only I had trained a bit harder, if only I had turned up for swimming on those days and it was a bit cold. You know, I never wanted to say that. 
because it was meaningless. You know, if only is as a meaningless statement. People say to me, "Oh, I could have gone to the games, but I hang on, I like hang on, stop, stop there because they, this bot is a is is something that meant that you didn't. You know that you know that either through choice or circumstance or or um, just not really being having the chops, having the chops to do it. Um, but it's so it's much better to go. I I commit to doing the training. I commit to trying to achieve my potential. You'll like this one because I I was asked this during the the the, the beginnings of the pandemic because I think most people assume because well I'm mid thirties so. Tokyo, in theory, probably would have been my last one if I would have competed. Uh, and I was asked, how was preparations going for it? Because ultimately, lots of things were closed. I was like, uh, and it was a colleague of mine's clients asked, I was like, I don't have that. I have that luxury of not having to worry about it. It's, I was very much in awe of all the guys and girls preparing for, for Tokyo because ultimately it is, uh, massive unknown compared to anything that had gone before in terms of like preparation of you spend probably a lifetime of those four years prepare i never actually had to do the whole olympiad but you spend those four years to be in a peak uh position and well as you know being in the media side of it it's stopped and then you don't know if it's going to go ahead it's i don't know what how to, i would take it psychology because ultimately you, you you've got a date set in stone in the past you know when it's going to be and then it's up to you you and your coaching staff to get you to a point to be at your best or 100% on the day of the competition so i kind of went well i know what a game is like in in theory in the past but you can't it's like you can't really compare it to any other games before because it's been now a five-year cycle yeah it's it it tough all around i think Every, everybody it doesn't matter whether you're an athlete or not uh or involved in sport or not i think it was tough on everybody um the the there was a definite requirement of being able to shift your your mindset to the new reality and and being able to go, okay, I wouldn't have chosen this, but this is where I'm at, and I'm going to try and work my way around it. Especially at a sport like swimming, where you know you, you typically rely on a facility being open. You know, if you were a, a road runner, you could still go out and run on the road. You could still go out and cycle on the road. You, you know, you had to somehow figure out whether you could get a portable pool up in your garden and swimming it on an elastic band or whatever it, you know some people manage to do that but not everybody and then he said like, do i go and do more weights or you know but then that doesn't necessarily help my swimming i get stronger but i don't necessarily get faster in the water so it was really really tough for the athletes i think i i would have definitely found it hard i would have found it hard not because i know that i would have i would have tried my best and we've already covered that i would have tried to be my, find a way of doing as well as I could, but I would have found it hard thinking, yeah, but have Brazil shut their pools down? Are the guys from Brazil still able to train properly? Are the guys from, hang on, there's nothing going on in New Zealand. 
they're fully open. They haven't got COVID there. Are they still training properly full time? You know, and I, w- I would have found that quite hard, knowing that I had a massive, I'd been put massively on the back foot by the situation and how we were managing that situation in the UK. Uh, so uh, utmost respect to anybody who went through that process, was able to reset and got themselves to Tokyo a year later. Well, I, I think that's where I had a little bit of leniency for 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 the swimmers because ultimately, you you know you you know Billy Pye quite well. Obviously, he was my coach uh, back in the day when I moved to Swansea, but he'd get annoyed with uh, especially the the athletics team, also in the Olympics. Kind of go, well, I've done my season's best, but that's that that's he was never happy happy with that because it's like, well, that's not your personal best. You should be be able to be. Uh, be showing up and especially at that competition because it's the pinnacle of, 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 a, of every Olympic sport. Um, whereas I think when you, you mentioned Tokyo and the athletes, the swimmers got no chance in some instances, they got no chance of beating their personal best because of circumstance of, of what you're talking about, depending on, okay, if they're finding a way of getting an ever ending pool, get, getting pools that can do, do they, they're still no, a possibility that they won't make a personal best because it's not their normality so i think when you look to the olympics and the paralympics the swimmers are kind of going, well if they're winning medals well that's some achievement and some of the other sports okay what what, what is well, no, athletics did bring up a lot of excuses, but that's not that's I think that's part and parcel of uh UK athletics when it comes to the Olympics. They kind of go, Well, yeah, but yeah, but the Americans are still winning medals, the Jamaicans are still winning medals. What, why, as a sprinting team, can't, can't, can't you do the same thing? Normally, you're not in the UK anyway, you're out, you're out in warm weather climates. Uh, and maybe training in the US or somewhere else. So why can't you perform? Um, so I think the swimmers, I, I kind of held my hat off. As, and obviously, as you mentioned, uh, the, the sports don't stand still. They still they still progress anyway. So what what might have won you uh, a medal previously? It's probably not, and obviously you've got the the up the up the upstarts as well. The the new kids on the block uh, want to obviously depose the the, the more senior figures uh, in the game. So it's, you've got to contend with that as well. Or as you know, as you know all too well, being a pundit and being a former athlete as well, Chinese always come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean the. Yeah, you're never quite sure, especially in Paralympic sport, what China are going to do. Um, but it's also worth considering with, with Tokyo as well that there were, there were some people that actually year delay was a big benefit. There were, there were some people who wouldn't have made the cut the year before because they just weren't quite there yet. Um, and I don't, I'm not just talking about swimming. I mean, across sports, you know, some of the younger athletes really benefited from an extra year in the pool. And there were people at the other end of the spectrum uh, your age group, who would have thought, oh, no, another year, I've got to drag my sorry body through the water for another year, um, would have been hard. Because I know my experience of, of being a swimmer, you know, I joined a swimming club when I was 10. 
and I retired at 35. So 25 years swimming. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't any good at other sports like yourself. You know, I could only do swimming. So, so I did 25 years of swimming and I spent 21 years trying to get quicker and four years trying to stop getting slower because that's the reality of getting old. Uh, I did one PB in the final four years of my career by two one hundredths of a second. Um, and I was training just as hard as I ever had trained. And that, um, and so athletes which were coming towards the end of their career and were in that phase of just trying to stop getting slower, uh, it was it was a tough thing that extra year in Tokyo. Oh, it's 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 difficult. I think I I, I on the one hand probably had a luxury uh, of walking away when I did um, not long after London. Uh, there is still probably some regrets, some sometimes of well. Could have, should have, could have, should have, would have in terms of Rio and could I have made myself go towards to- Tokyo? I don't know. Uh, my uh, performance director at Disability Sport Wales, probably he had a good chat with me uh, last year in terms of you need to kind of, that's the decision you made to go, obviously, uh, to walk off into the sunset you need to kind of let that go in terms of you didn't you didn't go to to, to Rio. Rio was probably difficult because I, I helped a, a development development event the same day of the opening ceremony so that was that was kind of tough in terms of being asked no, not being asked sorry being told you should be out in, in Brazil as opposed to being in Cardiff as well okay my my nature of my job now I need to be quite physically fit anyway so the the holistic kind of perspective of how I'm viewed yes I still look athletic but I know I would be useless in a swimming pool I would use I'd be useless in an, in an aerobic capacity because I'm not training day in day out to that level uh, I don't think I'd ever want to I probably should do to some extent for my body because that's what it was used to thus it starts to creak now but I think this is where I, I, I say to people now that I coach is it's a perspective and it's it's um it's a comparative. It's it's not uh always beneficial to look to others or to your past life because it's gonna kick you in the nuts. In terms of what you were back then to now could not the the so far from from reality it's going to kick you in the nuts in terms of yeah i i may be nostalgic to kind of go look in the past to aspects of what i've learned along the way of what can i bring forward um i don't necessarily try and live in necessarily what was my heydays of because everything was pretty much golden to some extent i'm not saying i'm not painting a perfect picture because it was far from that and obviously you know that all too well um we we do look to the the, the good memories as opposed to the bad but there are so many lessons to be learned and it's only because of maybe some more societal pressures of oh you know you shouldn't be competitive and that was that's an argument i probably i would probably challenge now or a narrative i would challenge because it's like, well, what's wrong with competition? It brings out the best in people in terms of, in that environment, competition is good. 
why can't competition be good in in so the so-called real world what i have an issue with is more the, the comparative nature of what it is society views it as competition more of a comparison of okay social media as what what does an individual look like on instagram or what is their their life like in that alternate alternative reality it's it's not competition because ultimately competition would strive you and drive you to want to emulate that in some way not necessarily replicate it but you would want it as for you as or as competition sorry compare comparison of that would make you feel envious jealous everything that's wrong with society mm-hmm. so it was there a question there james i got i i was just listening to you nodding but what would be your your perspective on that because ultimately you've gone on to do exploits of going climbing mountains going through Inca trails I saw the one you put out on LinkedIn the other day of going into Antarctica. What drive, what drives you or possesses you to go want to go and do things like that? Then, oh well, when, when I when I retired from swimming, um, I, I'd, I'd I'd enjoyed being a swimmer. I had really enjoyed being a swimmer, but uh, I it it it's exhausting all the time looking for that tiny incremental improvement that you're trying to make. And the amount of work you put into making that tiny incremental improvement, and I actually wanted to go back to being a beginner and be and do something that I didn't know or understand. Um, and I I quite fancied trying climbing because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how to tie a rope. I didn't know anything about it. And I thought, well, it's not swimming. I know nothing about it. There's a climbing engine in me. I'll go and do some stuff and. And I and I started going there and, and I'd go every day because I had the time because I'd finished swimming. Uh, but then because I met some people who were really good climbers and, you know, I am wired how I am. I'm like, oh, I want to try and do that. And I want to try and do that. And kind of within 12 months, I was going and climbing in the Alps and the Himalayas. And um, and that and, and I think that was partly to try and fill a void that that swimming had left in terms of an element of challenge, needed an element of challenge in my life, physical physical and mental challenge. Um, I really liked the mindset that the um, the climbers had. They were very, it attracts a certain type of person, the climbing community. Um, they're very supportive of each other, high, high levels of trust, you know, between it, because you, you literally your life is in somebody else's hands. You know, they let go of the rope, they would be like, you fall to your death. You know, it's, you know, high, high level of, of trust. And I really like that. Um, so that, so that, that drove me on. And then, and then the Antarctic, uh, Antarctica trip that I mentioned, that you mentioned, um, where I got double pneumonia and very nearly didn't come home was a bit of a wake up call where, where I'm like, hang on a second, that, that was very, very close to not coming home. I mean, literally, well, I mean, I nearly died the day that I actually got pulled out of the, the, the race. Um, and that made me think, hang on a second. Let's just think about what my priorities are. I've got, I've got kids now. Maybe I should, uh, you know, focus on them a little bit, a little bit more and uh, a little bit less on, on what floats my boat. But James, you know, I, oh, go, go on. on, go on. No, go, go. no, I was going to say, I was going to flip it back to the Commonwealth Games because you've got Commonwealth Games coming up next year. Wales are going to need relay team members for the swimming team. And uh, there's a 34 point relay. 
Go on, name me. Name me the, the Welsh 34-point relay that doesn't have your name in it. I couldn't even name you many Welsh athletes, period, and swimming. There you go. Yeah. There's an opportunity there for you. But coming back to you, Mark, what was your transition like uh, from going from the last games to then obviously evolve into doing climbing? What was, what was your preparation like? So coming, coming, out, of, coming out of swimming, the, the, the climbing was a, like a, I wanted a hobby. I wanted something to keep me active. Um, from a, I decided that I got asked if I would go into coaching um several times in the final couple of years uh in the end i opted not to uh mainly because i was sick of not having any money and uh i i i kind of first half of my career i had no money at all and literally scraped by as a full-time athlete um on dole and it was miserable uh and you know the most embarrassing disheartening experience to be signing on for the dole and representing your country at the same time there's a lot of athletes who were trying to be full-time athletes and treat it like a job with that and it was hard it was really hard um the lottery money meant that i didn't have to do that anymore and it was fantastic but it's still only and it kind of paid my rent um that was great but I, i wanted to earn a little bit more money um went into the corporate corporate world and um and and I knew I was going to do that. I knew what I wanted to tra- transition into. I knew the business model that I wanted and how I was going to do it and the kind of lifestyle that would afford me. And I also wanted to have the ability to make choices that 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 I you know have some freedom. You know, I, I did have a certain amount of freedom as a swimmer, um, but it was within quite a rigid framework. And I wanted to okay, I, I want to create my own frame, framework. Um, I want to be able to choose when I do and don't do things, uh, when I do and don't work. So that was, you know, setting up my own business and and working in the corporate world was a way of doing that. I think that's that's my my main negative of of my experience because I didn't. It's, it's the only aspect of my life that I didn't prepare in terms of well, I'm probably lost the joy of doing the sport which is a dangerous situation to be in because ultimately if you you and it was it was coming come to job coming to job as in the run up to towards london so it's like well if you're not liking what you're doing i think i all the tools i've got now from like meditation mindfulness and things like that it would have suited me probably 10 15 years ago because ultimately you could reassess as well okay you've been to one games you've been to two what what is stopping you i think because of my my perspectives are in the wrong place as okay london there was no chance we were ever going to medal but in terms of that was probably not the right driver because the early days was just to make the team then i want to make a europeans or work but there was like a progression Whereas once I've got the the lot, it's like, well, the only thing missing here is the is is the medal, and, and okay, uh, the percentage of people that don't medal is probably it far outweighs the ones that medals. If you looked at every, have you looked at the number of participants at our games, 
Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody ever looks at that or media looks at that in terms of percentage of people that come home with, I would say nothing to show for, because obviously you've, you, you've, you've, you've got the kit, you've got the memories, you, you've, 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 you've got uh, the, um, oh God, I can't think what they're called, but certificates to kind of go where, where were you placed and, and things like that. And all the, the, the kind of mementos and memorabilia that you've given that I think once you decompress maybe weeks, months, maybe years later, kind of going, well, okay, in the grand scheme of things, how many people in my position get to do this, to get to, to, to live out a, a dream to go all the way around the world in some cases. And that's your job. So I think, it's probably taken me to become an, um, a more grounded individual and, and grow up a bit to kind of go, well, self-development, we'll talk about that all day long as you need to ground yourself. If you had a bad day, what are you really grateful for of what the things you actually, and I seen this yesterday. So and when it was talking about it, it's like, yeah, you've got a point. What, what have I really got to mope about in terms of I've, I've, I've got a roof over my head. I've got food. I've got water. I've got a loving family. What's there really to be moaning about in terms of, okay, not everybody's got that, but in terms of, from a sport perspective, it's trying, it's trying to deconstruct that as to, because when people do ask, well, what was, what drove you to want to go to that level? And, and being able to do that slowly and surely now to kind of go, well, what did I do? Oh, the environment in itself is, well, for the most part, positive in terms of its mindset, in terms of everybody has the same goal that they want to aspire to, to, to represent their country and go to, to, to what the, obviously the icing on the cake, the Paralympics. So everybody is in the same mind frame to, to, to want to, to to achieve that and i think where maybe people come unstuck outside of sport is they don't deem they ha either have a purpose or their goal isn't strong enough to drive them to 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 that this you know you'll probably hear it, you know lack lack of motivation i haven't got the world but it's like that's utter ridiculous you you've just said it today I probably say it hundreds of times in terms of it, it fluctuates in terms, there's no athlete on the planet or any human being that is going to be constant with their motivation, even, even the, the best. So for, for those individuals to kind of say, well, I lack purpose. I, I lack willpower. It's not, it's, 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 it's not fair to yourself. Cause like, well, there's going to be some days that you're highly motivated. There's going to be some days that you're, 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 you're less so. Okay. This is probably where I respect the swimmers more so because it's individual, because you've got to be able to give your own self a kick up the ass to kind of go, well, let's go. Uh, I've, I was fortunate to, to be in a team sport. You've got another individual when you're down in the dump, so to speak, to kind of give you the impetus. Let's go, James. I, I know you're having a bad day, but you need to show up because it's a team, team dynamic so we need all, we need everybody on deck and then vice versa you re replicate that i think i think this is probably was my achilles heel as an athlete because 
I always had to some to some extent have an external driver to reignite that flame to kind of go well. Let's go, James. Be it if we fast forward, probably with Rowan. Uh, it took a BBC documentary to kind of, and this is this is more. And I'll be honest with people listening. I w- I don't know why I was complacent when I'd only gone to one World Championship and that was my first one. Why why you would be content to kind of go? You've arrived subconsciously. It took a BBC documentary that they did on somebody in the military trying to obviously make that um, uh, transition from uh, losing their legs. Um, I think it would have been, I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself away, Iraq or Afghan. And then they were trying to transition into Paralympic sport. That was like, not on my watch. But why I couldn't do that myself, I think... With what you've said today, Mark, I know exactly why, because ultimately I was using that kind of beacon at the very top to be my driver as opposed to just being my very best every single day. It's not that it's a challenge, but it's a little bit more achievable. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, they say, eat, how do you eat the elephant? You don't eat all in one go. You know, you, you know, you do a little bit at a time, but not that I really want to do that. Um, but I, there's a there's a couple of there's a couple of things that you say there that that stand out to me is so we covered off that that notion of um, you know trying to be the best you can every day that's that's great but then the motivation thing I think is quite interesting listening to you that that there were, it was often the external thing that triggered you um, and what I always try and say and you're right motivation does fluctuate but I think to stay motivated it needs to be underpinned by multiple things so. If if your motivation is only about winning a gold medal, there are times when you will wake up and you will not be motivated. You know, you can you cannot think about a piece of metal and a ribbon for four years and assume that it's going to motivate you. You know, it just is, it doesn't work. Um, but it might motivate you some days. Then you've got to think about what what it, what's going to motivate you on the days when it doesn't work. So okay, well it maybe it's I feel fit and healthy. You know, and, and being fit and healthy is really important to me. Okay, well, that might cover off some days as well. And the, and the uh, and I guess what I'm driving at is the more reasons you have to underpin the thing that you're working towards, the more likely it is you stay motivated. So I would always say, you know, love the lifestyle. You kind of mentioned that as well. You know, I, of course, I wanted to win a medal. Great. Okay, that's one as well. I in, enjoyed the camaraderie of the team, you know, and, and being around the team, even though swimming is a is a – you know, a solo sport for, you know, you're facing the water the vast majority of the time. You're not talking to people. Um, you know, I, uh, I try to be fit and healthy, as I said, and I had a respect for my coach and I wouldn't want to let that coach down. And if they were going to be at the pool, I needed to make sure that I got my sorry ass at the pool too. Uh, and so there was kind of lots of reasons and those would all, which meant that there was always enough motivation to keep me there and keep driving me on try and do it again today and also then i would look back and go well if i don't do it today it's a bloody waste of time doing it yesterday you know i've given away the gains that i made yesterday i'm giving away for nothing because i'm not putting the effort in today so there's lots of little tricks which i learned throughout the course of a very long career uh, which like you said if you knew them all at the end 
And uh, so if you knew what you knew at the end, at the beginning, you'd have been a much better athlete. But that's the case for everybody. But obviously, listen to your podcast. People will be better prepared. Well, that's that, that. Well, that's why I wanted to start it. Is in terms of it's kind of a an insider's perspective into the media can only ask so many questions, and sometimes they do. Well, I, 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 you've probably been on, you've been on both sides of the camera. They do ask some silly questions or some stupid ones, and and then in the day, in terms of well, let's ask an athlete's perspective on questions that they might not get however i'm not gonna rest that service level i want to go a little bit deeper in terms of well what what how do you how do you how did you become a success etc and then there's life lessons along the way for everybody to be able to 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 listen to to to, to take a one and and for me it's, it's a massive resource to 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 hear a different perspective on okay or being coaching things as it shows you a different perspective as oh, I didn't think about I've never thought of it but in that way or or uh, you've shown me the light so to speak in terms of okay it's not as complicated as as I'm making out to be so well I've got two choices I don't listen to Mark's advice or I take it on board and I and I try it and if, if it makes life easier it's not a lot of things that you listen to from uh things like that or perspective of what what you probably don't remember what your talk was about 20 years ago but in terms of did it was probably a difficult audience to speak to on the one hand because we were teenagers so we probably know we think we know everything uh however you've been there seen there and got the t-shirt um i think i was one of them boys that didn't make it in the swimming team so maybe did I take on board everything you had to say at that time uh if I was honest to you today possibly not because ultimately I maybe I would have had a bit more more success in the swimming pool or um I wouldn't say that the sport was out to get me but in terms of there is a likelihood that high level sport isn't in there it isn't in for the best intentions of the of the athlete and it is a business at the end of the day i i know that now i probably didn't know that 20 years ago probably thick of it's it's a it's uh it's my lifestyle it's a it was once a hobby but once you start getting to i would even call county level swimming to certain extent as a business because it's about competition and 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 this thing that, but progressing beyond that, it's it's got a brand to to represent and and things like that. So it's pretty much a business, and we're the employees. Well, certainly, certainly the top end. You, uh, I always think the athletes have have been in the past treated like a commodity. You know, you're a, you're something that you that you you try and polish and sell to generate income for an organization. Um, I think that has been a, a been a weakness in the system. It, it's generated a lot of positive results at Olympic Paralympic Games, but um, it hasn't always been with the best, the athletes' best interests in mind. But I'm hoping that that's uh, shifting a little bit. 
So we're coming to the end of the podcast, and I'd love to speak to you for longer if we had the opportunity. Because, but as as you, as you let me know, obviously you you you've got to shoot in a little bit. So that being said, uh, I like to ask this of all all my guests: um, if you were had the opportunity to sit down with any athletes, dead or alive, for that matter, who would that be, and why? Who would the athlete be? Well. There would be a huge, there'd be a huge list. Although I, I would say that I have been greatly disappointed by meeting some of the great athletes uh, in in the past. Uh, I think Jenna Lomu uh, was incredible uh, athlete moment in time. Um, Jesse Owens moment in time athlete. You know, just is the kind of history makers. Um, uh, I would pick those two. I'll pick those two probably as the two. Well, they, they immediately spring to mind. Jenna Lomu and, and Jesse Owens, you know, it, because it was partly because they transcended their sport and they had, a, especially Jesse Owens, had a societal impact. And I, and I think for me, that's one of the great strengths of the Paralympics. It can have a societal impact, a positive societal impact. And, uh, and athletes are able to use the gifts they've been given to have a subtle impact. They're the ones who should get the biggest um, plaudits, really. You know, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, you, you, you go to a game, you win a medal, you get an honour from the Queen, you know, along with your happy meal at McDonald's. You know, I, 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 I think you should be seen to be doing something else. You know, you, you were paid to do that job as a swimmer. And you did well, great. Okay, but let's see what let's see you put him back in society. So I would pick Jesse Owens as my number one. General Lomu, because I remember that moment in time when he burst the scene and, and, and crushed through everybody. It was quite something. And my final question before we, we we sign off, if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Um I would say listen more. You know, you articulated that you maybe didn't listen to me when you were a teenager. I should have listened more to the people around me. Uh, and I would say be honest with yourself. It's very easy to say to yourself, uh, you know, did I try my hardest today? It's an easy question to ask, but it's difficult to be honest with yourself and step and go, oh, actually, that could have been better. And then thinking, okay, how will I do that better tomorrow? When, when, when am I going to do that better? So, it, so it, it's be honest with yourself. Ask yourself the hard questions. Be honest with yourselves. Figure out how you'll do it differently the next day. So once again, Mark, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. It's a pleasure. And happy to do a part two if you've still got the things you want to talk about. Your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. There let me do that again because that came up that came up the time. so once again mark thanks again for coming on the athlete pod athlete that thanks again mark for coming on the athlete the athlete mindset podcast it's a pleasure thanks again for tuning in and i hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below and i would love to hear from you come and connect and ask your questions I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hart. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. 
not by some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. <laughs>